On this episode of the Culture Pop Podcast, a new plant-friendly hotel, and the story of a dog who may or may not be gay. Plus, from the show Winning Time on HBO, Delonte D'Souza joins us. He is playing Michael Cooper Coop from the Showtime Lakers. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Find it always at stevebason.com. And please leave us a rating and a review. The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinske. Exciting show today, Sue. It is the crack of 10 a.m., and I think we're both alert and awake and ready to go. Yes, we are. That that extra that extra half hour. Uh, it does make a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> that extra half hour makes a difference. <laughs> uh, you know, it's song stuck in my head. You, you watch the Oscars this week, right? You know, the song that is stuck in my head is uh, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no. What about you? No, no. <laughs> you know, that was the number one song in the country. I, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, did you see Encanto? I didn't see it. No. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Do you not watch the animated movies? I do. I do. I just I just didn't get a chance to watch it. I mean, I'll 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 see it at some point, but we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, please stop singing it because I don't want it in my head. It's going to get stuck there. Oh, please. I'm telling you. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about winning time coming up. Delonte D'Souza is going to be with us. He plays um, Michael Cooper. But in the meantime, we thought we would do, and we've not done this in a while, Sue's News. Now, Sue's News actually started when we were doing mornings at WNEW in New York. And uh, every morning, Sue would put together a list of stories, and we would kind of rifle through them and give our reactions. So, Sue, what do you have for us today? Okay. So, um, you're, you're a plant lover, right? I, I, I take care of my garden like crazy. That's uh, People would be surprised. My roses are coming back right now. I'm very excited. Okay, so you will be very happy to hear that uh, a Kentucky hotel is offering houseplant-loving tourists the chance to bring them along to their world's first plant-friendly hotel. A plant-friendly hotel. So this means that for those people who are so attached to their plants, oh my God, they could bring them. So this is what they, they released a statement saying, thanks to a year-long pandemic and the rising costs of parenthood, pets are the new babies. And plants have been promoted to the new pets. Uh, oh my God. Yes. So I just like, how can they make this leap with a straight face? You know, so like my question is when was the last like i i love my dog so yes, much yes okay As, and i love my dogs we're crazy about dogs and i and i 
I love my pets, my my plants. I mean, I I take care of them. I nurture them. Yes, yes. Um, if there's a, a a leaf that is like you know, like bur- you know, browning, like browning, or yeah. if it's like you know, like uh, wilting, um, you know, I get I get bummed out. But <laughs> I would never ever <laughs> lure, try to lure my plant onto the bed <laughs> with a treat. <laughs> Maybe some like miracle grow. Come here. So the, so the idea is that pets are the new what? Baby. Baby. And then plants are the new pets. Are the new pets. This is lunacy. This it's is absolute to- it, yeah, lunacy. It's total lunacy. So um, this is what they say. So they, and then they try to justify what they're doing. Yes. After all, there are plenty of pet-friendly hotels out there. Why not offer the same Southern hospitality to the houseplants people love just as much and it's like oh. no i don't i don't have a house plan sitter when i go away <laughs> wait a minute now, do you never you never if you're gone for a while get somebody to water the plants well i'm never gone that long so yeah. i give them a total you know water down you know before i leave yeah right um yeah but it's just like are there like like houseplant friendly restaurants like See, like the, how far does this go the cutoff i think for me is plants are not sentient beings right right like dogs are sentient beings cows are sentient beings uh, animals all that stuff. i get that i don't understand why plants don't have personalities <laughs> uh plants don't talk or react in any way they don't get excited before you water them like they're not oh, happy to see you when you like, come home <laughs> like oh good the fertilizer's here nobody oh, well, no plants do that like i've never said to my husband look the stem is wagging <laughs> <laughs> it is so ludicrous to me i mean who bri- who would bring their plants on vacation <laughs> That's the last burden that I'd want when I'm on That's vacation. The last thing I want. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I have no attachment to any of my indoor plants. My outdoor plants, we got a little competition going on. Uh, so it's always my roses versus uh, Juan's hibiscus. And my roses are coming back strong. His hibiscus looks like hell right now. And we always joke, <laughs> the National Rose Society is coming to look at my boy. Oh, no, the National <laughs> Hibiscus Association is coming to give me an award for my hibiscus. So we're competitive about the outdoor plants, the indoor right. plants. I mean, I got a little bamboo, but other than that, not much. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I have plants in indoors and outdoors. And and look, you know, I, 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 I actually... It started with the pandemic and it, it and it actually it started with the pandemic, but it also started when when my dog when we had to put my dog, oh yeah, like I was gonna say, have you ever had to put your plant down? <laughs> I mean <laughs> and do you like Such actually a have a day. ceremony and bury Such it in the backyard? A dark day. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm Ooh. sorry, Ficus. This is it for you. <laughs> Wow. Not enough sun. It's a dark day for you guys. Um, but when I had to put um, my dog Charlie down, yes, I wanted something different in the house. So I, I just, I bought all these plants. I wanted like new life in the house. Yes. Um, and something that, you know, so the house looked different, you know, because it was so sad. Um, so the plants did, you know, kind of do that for, for me. Right. But but you know, it's yeah. This like, is too far. This is too much. Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I have a friend who. I don't even understand who would take advantage of this gimmick. I mean, it's a gimmick. I don't know who would. 
Like, oh yeah, let, let me, honey. Let or, me. or would you call them and say, um, we're, we're coming for the weekend. And um, do you accept plants? Like, do you allow plants <laughs> to stay? <laughs> you have a plant-friendly restaurant. <laughs> it's so stupid. So stupid. All right. Well, okay. So, all right. Well, you want to hear stupid. Here's some more uh, stupid. We got something stupider? This is just so ridiculous. So. In there is somewhere in North in, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, a dog okay. was reportedly abandoned at a North Carolina shelter because its owners thought it was gay since it had been adopted. So the dog they felt was gay. They thought the dog was gay. And the reason why they thought the dog was gay, because it humped another male dog. Oh, come on. Dogs will hump. Anything. Anything. <laughs> so basically, the dog is bisexual, if anything. <laughs> uh, so they, what did they do with the dog? So they brought the dog to the shelter. They didn't want the dog anymore because oh, they thought the dog here. was gay and gay. And then a, a gay couple actually heard about the story and they adopted the dog. Oh, that's very nice that they've salvaged the <laughs> gay dog. So I don't know. Is, is there such a thing as a do animals get gay or do animals get gay? Are there gay animals? Are there gay dogs? I, you know, in this, in this crazy world, for all I know, a dog is identifying as a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't know. I don't know. I mean, my dog, <laughs> like what are the dog's pronouns? <laughs> right. <laughs> <'Cause> they, um, <laughs> but like, you know, like my dog, Charlie, he used to pee like a girl sometimes. Yeah, actually, uh, Fredo does pee like a girl. <laughs> and it's Fredo, not an insult. Fredo squats. No, I mean, it's not it's an fine. insult. Sometimes yeah. I don't know whether it's laziness about lifting the leg or it's like maybe he just discovered, oh, I could just do this. Like, why put the <laughs> yeah, effort in? Yeah, why, why lift that leg? <laughs> why risk that I might hurt my other, you know, <laughs> I, I might sprain my other leg? Yeah, I wonder if dogs can be gay. I would think so, right? Because what do they say? That 10% of any population is gay or something like that? And I mean, I'm, I'm ballparking it. 10%. I mean, it, I mean, what percentage possible. of people do you think are gay? Uh, I would say maybe 60%. No, 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 no. <laughs> 60%. No, I think it's probably like 10 Eight to ten, 10%? seven to seven to ten percent. Oh, you know, you know, I got to tell you something. I have a girlfriend who uh, was talking to me, you know, recently, and she was saying that you know a lot of her daughter's friends, um, like almost all of them, well, maybe not gay. They're they're all they're all bi, right? They're all bi. You know, it's like yeah, you know, we we like you know we. That's just and, and it's that, like it's like all her friends. But that doesn't mean that nine. You said sixty percent of people a day. That's that's I think crazy. I'm, well, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's a, that's a nuts number. I want you to reexamine that and come out in the next show and <laughs> acknowledge that you are off on your numbers. Sixty percent of people wrong? are gay. You think I mean, I'm 50% I know. Wrong? I know my workplace. Uh, there's one of us. Oh, I mean, the places that I worked. Well, I work in show business. Well, you work in show business. I too. work in show business too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I everywhere I work, there are a lot of gay people. Well, that poor gay dog. I feel bad for the poor gay dog. I'm glad he wound up with uh, gay parents because gay 
uh, people treat their dogs like kings. Yeah, and the they are thing, our babies. They really are. And and the coolest thing of what they did, um, they renamed him um, Oscar after Oscar Wilde. So they named oh, him cool. after the most flamboyant playwright. Oh, that's ever. great. That's yeah. great. I still want you to check your number. 60% is very high, Sue. All right. I want you to go back and look for that. All right. I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. okay. You have one more? I have one more. And this is just crazy. Okay, good. So I read this a little while ago. Um, Megan Trainer, the singer. Yeah, yeah. What's okay. her song? Boom, boom. I don't know. I'm not really familiar. Uh, she's got with a big line. song called uh, like "Wada Wada Boom Boom" or something like that. All right. Well, I don't. I mean, this should be this should be the soundtrack to this. No, movie. it's uh, nothing like the bass. I think it's called "Nothing Like the Bass." Oh, okay. So she was. Um, I guess renovating her bathroom and um, she wanted to have uh, dual toilets put in. So she and her husband mm-hmm. could go to the bathroom together at the same time. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm serious. And the contractors were actually like, is this like a joke? I mean, is so this they wanted real? two toilets. She wants two toilets in the bathroom side by side. Oh, so they on. can so they can like, you know, take a crap together. Yeah, no, that's that's just that's bizarre. It's crazy. So so this is what I mean, it's it's kind of gross. But she said, we got two toilets sitting next to each other and we only poop together twice, adding um, because it smells foul. We pee at the same time a lot. Oh, God. Now, there are things that I like to do with my husband. <laughs> Never. It's kind of, you know, because I have a, I have a Jack and Jill bathroom, which is a bathroom sure. like in between two rooms. Yeah. So, and the room goes from our bedroom th- through to my office. Okay. So sometimes, you know, both doors are open and my husband, you know, will walk through my office, you know, like he'll say, where are you? And I said, Oh, I'm in the bathroom. And he'll start to walk in. I'm like, no, right, <laughs> don't. right. Like, don't, you know, I mean, I will do anything possible, like woo, 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 flare, <laughs> like don't come here. And the same with him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I well, we don't... each kind of have our own bathroom. Like I well, use the guest bathroom. Juan uses the bedroom bathroom. No, we we do too. But sometimes I get you know if he wants to talk to me. I mean, if I'm peeing, it's like yeah, come in. You know, you come sure. in while I'm peeing. But you know, number two, get like I don't even want you in the house. So we were talking the other day on the show about um, farting in front of your spouse. Yeah. Now, do you fart in front of Tom? I do, and he doesn't like it. Does Tom? Fart I mean, we, in front we of you? all the time, and he and like we'll laugh. Like yeah. I'll laugh, and then I'll say I'm sorry, and he's like, "You're not sorry." You just did it. Like, it, yeah. it's disgusting. And I said, well, it's disgusting when you do it, too. Like, he thinks because I'm a woman, it's more disgusting. Oh, who was the first person in your relationship to fart out loud in front of the other person? I, it was probably him. It was probably him? Yeah. I, I mean, and I that know just, what- That just unleashes the gates. of Like, for me, it was one. One did. I'd never done it, never done it, would never do it. He farted one day, and I'm like, all right, all bets are off. Oh, and yeah. And on, we we- Oh, it's, you know, and the thing is, is that I don't buy the whole, oh, it's a woman and, you know, that No, but I, I, I know women who have told me they've been in relationships like over 20 years and they've never farted in front oh of their God. partner. I'm like, how, how, how does that happen? 
I mean, sometimes it just slips out. Yeah, I mean, no, true. Just, you can't, you can't, you can't help it. Like, all right, I have to tell you something. I had probably the most embarrassing situation that ever happened. Okay. I went golfing with a guy that I wasn't really, really good friends with. Not good enough friends for for me to fart in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know? I mean, that's a special type of friend. By the way, I have very few friends that I would fart in front of. Oh, I I, I have a few that okay. we you know, and then we just laugh. So, um, <laughs> so I'm golfing with him mm-hmm. and he's standing behind me and I'm, you know, do a couple of practice swings and then I go. And as I swing to hit the ball, <laughs> fart creeps out, right? <laughs> and I wasn't sure if he heard it or not. He put a little extra on that shot. Oh my God. And then I just like was so embarrassed to turn around. And then I looked at him and he said, I heard that. <laughs> and he was a comedian. And I said to him, you, I, you better not tell anybody that I farted. <laughs> and I never, I never heard anything about it, but. Was it a good shot? Uh, Oh, I, I, you know, because if it was, you'd probably repeat it. <laughs> I would, I would. <laughs> I'm on the green. That's my my secret weapon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I like uh, that. There you have it. There's some Sue's news for today. That was fun. I like it. Um. All right. So, uh, everybody's watching Winning Time right now. Uh, it's on HBO. Fantastic show. Our guest today is one of the stars of uh, Winning Time from Adam McKay. Uh, he plays the legendary Michael Cooper. Delonte D'Souza is here. Delonte, thanks so much for doing this. Of course, Steve. Thank you for having me. So describe this story. You were working in real estate in Baltimore. And just tell this crazy story about how you wound up on winning time. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty funny. So back in 20. 20- Oh man, what year was it now? It had to have been 2019. Yeah, back in 2019, um, I was working for a real estate company. We were like flipping houses. Um, and you know, that's kind of what I was doing at the time, but I was acting kind of on the side. Like I would take the bus back and forth to New York for auditions and things like that. Um, but summer of 2019, I'm on this website. It's called Actors Access. It's like mm-hmm. a website where actors go to like find jobs and stuff, you know. Um, and I see an, a job posting, like a casting call for this project. It's called Showtime at the time. Um, and it said HBO. It said like Adam McKay. You know, it had all the producers on there. And there was a particular role for this guy named Michael Cooper. It said, uh, you know, we would like whoever's auditioning to be at least six feet or taller, um, play basketball. And the only description that it had was that he was as thin as a beanpole. Hmm. So, you know, that's, that's all I had to pretty much go off of, Steve. But they attached a picture to it. And when I looked at the picture and I looked at, you know, myself, I was like, huh, we don't we don't look that dissimilar. Like we could, we could, you know, be mistaken for each other. So I, had, um, this is the funny part. So I had uh, submitted my headshot um, and like a little video of me acting and stuff like that. Uh, Francine Mazel, who was the casting director had uh, reached out to me with an official audition. 
So that night I had shaved my beard off. I got like the pencil mustache like Cooper had <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> and, uh, and I ran the audition. You know, I submitted the scenes. And next thing you know, I'm having a producer session with Adam McKay, Kevin Messick, back Max Bornstein, all the producers from the show. And um, yeah, we just talked for 15 minutes. And I remember the last thing Adam said was, he said, um, <laughs> he said, HBO takes, you know, a couple weeks to get back on things, you know, because... You know, paperwork takes time, but just know you didn't fuck anything up so far. So that's good. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, awesome. There we go. It's so cool that you and um, Quincy and Solomon, you know, were guys that, you know, were, you know, basically unknowns. You would think in a show like this, a, a huge series that they would have gone after, um, you know, you know, known talent and, you know, and, and, and just the fact that the three of you really do look like these guys. I mean, it's amazing. So what a, what a fun ride it must be for the three of you, huh? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we all bonded over, Sue, is that because we're all newcomers to the industry, we all had that feeling of, well, I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. Let's just stick together and figure this out. Um, but yeah, that was the... That was one of the main things that the producers talked about is getting new, fresh faces who had never been exposed in the industry in with veterans like John C. Riley, Adrian Brody, Jason Clark, and just seeing that dynamic play out. I mean, in a sense, we're all pretty similar to our characters. You know, Quincy, who comes in as Magic Johnson, this is his first big role as well, you know? So one of the tough things about doing a sports movie is the, is the sports part. Uh, the, you know, a lot of times you'll see uh, a movie, a sports movie, and you'll say that guy doesn't look like he could really play. You guys all look like you can really play out there. What, what's your basketball resume like? So actually, this is a, another funny story, Steve. So I had played, you know, recreational basketball, like, you know, like LA fitness, outdoor basketball, but I never played like organized basketball. So for this role, they actually hired an NBA skills coach. His name is uh, Edon Ravin. He's trained like Steph Curry. Um, he's trained Carmelo Anthony, a bunch of guys in the league. And we worked with him for about two years, just working on our game. So for every You player, worked with him for two years? Yeah, because we were supposed to shoot in 2020, but then the shutdown happened. Yeah. And that's when we got that extra year of working to, with him and playing basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a two-year journey because he really wanted to make sure we matched the silhouette of our characters. So, you know, for Quincy, who plays Magic, it was working on that behind-the-back, no-look pass, that flashiness to his game. For me, it was the lockdown defense, like stretching myself to look as long as possible, really getting that Cooper build. Um, but, yeah, I mean, over the past few years, my game is like transformed night and day. So do you still play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still play for sure. Yeah, I try to like, now I play with caution because I know like, okay, if this show goes a while, like I want to be healthy. So like, <laughs> I'll go to LA Fitness and kind of brace myself. Like, I don't want to like catch a bad charge or anything like that. So as, as you look at this sort of experience, um, you early in life, you, you wanted to be an actor, right? That was something that you pursued. You studied with a guy named Robert Chu who played Proposition Joe on The Wire, uh, just a just a great great actor. Uh, so so you didn't come into this necessarily uh, without 
without some preparation, without some long, long-term planning. Yeah. 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 Steve. So it's funny. You mentioned that, uh, Mr. I call him Mr. Chu, but, uh, <laughs> Mr. Chu was my acting teacher since I was, oh man, I, I met him when I was 14. Um, he worked at this community theater in Baltimore called the arena players, which is, uh, actually the longest running and oldest African-American run community theater in the United States. Wow. So there's a lot of history behind the theater. Yeah. So I met him when I was 14 and you know, that's when I kind of got that spark and that passion for acting. And I remember, you know, a couple of years before he had passed, he had a conversation with me. He said, you know, Delonte, um, I've been watching your work over the years and I think you can really do this. You know, I'm putting my, putting my chips down on you. And I believe that if you want to pursue this path, you can really do something with it. Hmm. And that was the first kind of spark of motivation in me to really pursue acting at a serious and high level. How tall are you? I'm six feet. You're so just because you come across as much taller on the show. Yeah. <laughs> how do they, how do they accomplish that? Make everybody look like how tall are, how tall is Quincy? How tall is Solomon? We've had Solomon on the show. I'm trying to think how tall he said, how tall are you guys? You're six. So I'm six. Quincy six, two, if I remember. And I think Solomon six, 11, somewhere around there. Um, but <laughs> Hollywood magic, we have these things called height shoes where, I mean, it's basically like the disco platform shoes. Yeah. Where, you know, they give us like an extra, for me, it's like an extra half inch. I mean, half foot under my uh, foot. So like an extra know, half taller. foot. Yeah. An extra half foot. They're like four to six inches. That's like, oh my that's God. like model on a runway kind of stuff. Really? Is it, half foot. is it uncomfortable? I mean, was there an adjustment to be able to like, like move and run and, and be a basketball player and something like that? Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve to it, Sue. It's like, <laughs> you gotta, you got to know where you're going and you got to know what you're walking on because I mean, the amount of anchor rolls we've had on set is actually hilarious, but um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to feel half a foot taller than you are. Like even when we're doing our basketball scenes, the ball has to travel further to the ground. So there's a certain groove and a rhythm you have to get when you're wearing your high shoes versus when you aren't wearing them. Wow. I was going to so, say you're, you're a dance, you're a dancer as well. Right, you you rap and you and you dance, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a I'm a hobby rapper. Like I rap like just for fun and like giggles and stuff like that. But no, I am a uh, a trained dancer as well. So did that help with your with your basketball skills? Because so every time I watch basketball, to me, it's like a you know, it's like ballet. It's like a dance. Does that mm -hmm. did that did that have some input in into your skills as a basketball player? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, over the time I was dancing, I think the thing that helped me the most is flexibility and range of movement as a basketball player, just being able to turn quickly and being able to reach far and like, you know, do things like that. I think that's where the dancing helped. And also, you know, the coordination that you build in your body from being a dancer, from learning choreography and things like that definitely played into the basketball aspect of things. So how much did you know about this era of basketball coming in before you, before you actually got the gig? Did you know the Showtime Lakers? Did you know who Michael Cooper was, all that stuff? Actually, no, I didn't, Steve. I, the only people I knew were Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because, you know, everybody knows who those two are. But um, 
yeah, I didn't even know Showtime existed. I mean, I was born in 94. So like the furthest thing back I remember is like Michael Jordan Space Jam. Like, sure. <laughs> like that was my thing. Like the Bulls were kind of the start of basketball history as I knew it. But um, yeah, just coming into this project, I got to learn so much about Showtime and what it meant to the game of basketball. Jerry Buss buying the Lakers and how he revolutionized how people came to Lakers games and what they experienced. I mean, yeah, it was a, a trove of information and just awesome knowledge. Hmm. I wanted to know what, what was it like working with Adam McKay? What, uh, what, 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 what is, what's it, what's the vibe on set with him? Adam McKay is the funniest, funnest director, like just producer ever like the thing adam mckay does (laughs) first of all he'll have you cracking up too like all the time um but the thing i love about working with adam is that he has such a free-flowing directing style that he'll just let you do whatever you want as the actor so you know he'll do something like all right just give me two takes clean where like we get the lines you know we just have it on film and then the rest, do whatever you want. Go with it. And what Adam will also do is like throw you lines while you're doing the scene. So he'll say, you'll be doing the scene and he'll say, Delonte, say this. And then you'll say it and then he'll be like, okay, now try this. Like he's so, uh, he's so supporting of improv that it just makes the scenes flow with so much more life. So because I, I work for ESPN here in L.A. and because we're the Lakers flagship radio station, I know all the people, a lot of the people that uh, are in the show. I know Magic and I, I know Michael Cooper pretty well. And he is like a human five-hour energy. Uh, he has got so much energy all the time. So enthusiastic. I did. I was telling somebody I did an event with, with Coop a couple of years back and he and I were co-hosting this uh, Lakers game. Uh, with fans and stuff. And I never got a word in edgewise. Coop just goes and goes and goes. He's like, is is that sort of, you know, in your research, have you ever met Michael Cooper? No, I haven't had the chance to meet him yet, Steve. Um, you know, I've gotten to meet uh, Mr. Nixon, who's Devon's dad. Yep. Uh, he was really awesome to meet. But I haven't gotten to meet Coop. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of waiting for it. I'm like getting excited, you know? <laughs> He's a great guy. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. And one of the great defensive players in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Um, well, listen, this has been, uh, this has been great, man. Uh, congratulations on this show. It is uh, so good. You are great in it. Uh, the show is winning time. It's on HBO. It's on Sunday nights. Have you have you got the bug now? Are you are you done with uh, real estate and you're going to act full time? Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I think I'm out the real estate game now, Steve. I think acting is uh where I'm gonna where I'm gonna put all my passion and energy at now. Good for That's you, cool. man. We That's will really see, cool. We will see what comes up next for you. Thanks a lot for coming on, Delante. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me, Sue. And there is uh, Delante. It's a great show, uh, especially my. Uh, my ESPN audience is like all over this thing, hanging on it week to week to week. It's such a, it's so entertaining and it's so much fun. And like Delonte, I mean, I, I was around for the Showtime era. So I remember these storylines, you know, I remember Jack McKinney and power. I, I mean, I remember the way it all happened, mm-hmm. uh, but for him, it's like all, all brand new. He's basically learning the history of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it- 
every time I see these sex scenes with Magic Johnson, it's like, it's like, it's, he must be going nuts over this. Oh yeah. I don't think he's happy at all. Well, because it's like, it, it, it's like how they, how McKay just intersperses it. You know, it's like he could be like doing anything. And then all of a sudden it's like, here he is having sex with like three. Yeah, three oh women. no, it's true. It's and, true. And it's, it's just nonstop. And well, then I can, I can tell you cookie and trying to, you know, you know, keep that going. And then he's sleeping with a bunch of other women. Yeah, I, and it's I not just one woman. It's like he's sleeping with five there, women. The people over there are so not happy with this show. Oh, I know. They, they, they are so be, not happy. Uh, I mean, whether it's magic or it's uh genie bus or whoever, they're just not happy at all with the show. And, you know, they feel like they should control their own story. And they've got two projects. Actually, there are three projects coming up. There's a Magic Johnson documentary that magic is producing mm-hmm. uh, and that's supposed to come out next month there's a genie bus sitcom coming out really yeah mindy kaling is doing it uh about genie bus and linda rambis and what it's like running the day-to-day operations of an nba team and then there's a big massive documentary that comes out in the fall of the Lakers Showtime era with all sorts of un never before seen footage. So I think the the bus family and the people over there are are upset because this story is being told before they get to tell the stories themselves. Right, right. And you know, look, it's got to be really really frustrating when somebody else is in control of of your, your life, story. your story, your, your yeah. life, you know? It's like I I remember getting, you know, pissed off when I would see a joke of mine in an anthology of of like, you know, women comedians and uh and they misquoted it. And they, you know, the joke was not the way I told the joke. Yeah. So it made it look like I was a really shitty comic. Like, oh, that joke's not that funny. But they didn't they didn't quote me correctly. And that Correct. pissed me off. So, I mean, my life up there and yeah. it not being and, you know, look, not being accurate or even if it, it, it you know, even if it was accurate you know, to a certain extent. But I didn't want that out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in my Who life knows story, the level of accuracy. Like in my life story, yeah, I wouldn't want to show me farting while hitting a golf ball. Uh, I I think that's probably right. I think they would leave that out. You know, Adam McKay would keep that in. Oh, he totally keep it in. <laughs> he and, totally and he keep would, it in. And he would probably show me farting, doing everything, hitting a tennis ball, <laughs> shooting a basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Well, Sue, this has been fun. Hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and uh, you can always find it at stevemason.com. And uh, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Sue's News, very successful. Delante, great guy. Sue, great seeing you. You too. And we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast.